So I don't like when you have a bad habit of telling me with everyone else of, of all the surprises that you do. And then it's a wee thing. I'm keeping all this in, by the way. Every single oh, time I, I see I see the recording button thing is still on. Yeah. Every single time he does this, he'll make an announcement. We are doing this. And that's when I learn what we are doing. And then if it doesn't work out, he's like, well, I guess we shouldn't have done it. It wasn't a we. <laughs> all right everybody welcome back it's been a long summer i'll just i'll it was on me it's on me I'm, i was moving i had a lot going on i just got my couch like a week or two ago so it's been a long process but we're back and we missed you and today is another great day to discuss other people's excellence. I am the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming. And we're two guys that love BS and at work. I remember the intro. I'm nice. good. What up, guys? Uh, um, before we get into everything, it's not yeah. only on Brett. I had to take some responsibility for another summer layoff that we did because apparently me and Brett just don't do anything in the summer. But the butt hurt from the Nets loss actually caused two herniated discs in my back. So I actually had so much butt hurt. It hurt my back and I was just on the DL for a couple months. So it was a really painful couple months. The butt hurt was severe. I went to the doctor. He's like, wow, I never saw a hurt butt this bad. You might need surgery on your butt. And I was like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll heal it with time and all the moves the Nets made and all the hope I have for my shitty giants kind of healed me up, but I feel like I'm just going to get torn apart again. I just feel like I'm going to be hurt again and I'm ready to hurt again. So I, I called up Brett and he was like, yeah, we could pod. I'm moved in. I finally got a couch. It took two months, but I finally got a couch I could sit on. And here we are. And I'm, I'm still waiting on furniture, by the way. This is not even the room that I want to record. I have a whole office back there, but there's nothing in there. No desks, no nothing. So this is not even the setup I'm going to have in the future, but it's okay. We can't keep waiting for that. We got to just press forward because it is time to hurt again. It's that time of the season. <laughs> football is back. Whether you're a college football fan or an NFL fan, this is one of the best times of the year as a sports fan. It really is. Uh, change of the season. Although I love oh, weather, I'm so over being hot and angry all the time. So I, I can't wait for fall, man. I'm, yeah, I'm, ready. I'm, I'm not, I'm to be honest, I'm not a big fan of fall weather. I love summertime, but that's just me. As you can see, I got the tan. I'm outside. I love it. You have that tan all year round, bro. True. Um, but you know, it's, it's that time of the year, man. We, you know, college football, Rutgers, not only winning, but winning handily. They still are 61 points. I don't, they probably haven't scored 61 points in the last five years combined. And they got 61 points against Temple. So I don't know if that means Temple is really that bad or if Rutgers really is getting better. It might be a little bit of both. Oh, Temples right? are, wor- are, wor- are world beaters. So let's just consider that. Let's live like kings for one week, all right? Right, right. <laughs> let's just – we're the Scarlet Knights are kings for one week, and we're, I'm considering Temple the new Alabama until proven otherwise. Right. We just beat the greatest team ever. By, ever. By 40. Um <laughs> But and then, like I said, uh, NFL starts on Thursday. So, you know, uh, Tampa Bay trying to 
repeat as champions. If Tom Brady wins another one, I'm just, I'm just done. Um, but yes, there's a lot, it's a lot going on. There's a lot to get into it. Um, a lot going on is an understatement. We're going to do a whole nother pod about all the stuff that happened with basketball. We're going to do, a, a, we're back on our bullshit now. Uh, dope blogs back. Uh, we're going to have a Loki spoiler coming up in the next couple of weeks. We never talked about the Loki show. I'm going to go see Shang-Chi by the time you're probably listening to this. So we'll have that spoiler talk up before you know it. Uh, this one is going to be mostly football centric. We'll probably touch on both because it's still the, the season starts in about two days at the time of recording. So we're kind of been talking about college and the pros as the season yeah, goes into it because a whole football preview for everything. Because um, before before we get into the NFL, because I'm more an NFL guy, I don't pretend to know a lot about college football. I, I I'm a casual when it comes to that. Brett, you were telling me about a big shift in college football. And I don't know that much about it. I saw the headlines. I've been in my own nerd bubble the last couple of months. So how about you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, and the funny thing is there's still some things I'm not quite a hundred percent sure. on. So I'm not going to speak on what I don't know, but well, here's what we do know. Texas and Oklahoma has this, have decided to join the sec, leaving the big 12 to join the sec conference which basically has completely screwed over the Big 12 conference. Uh, the Big 12 might get disbanded. Now, as of this recording, teams like schools like Houston and I want to say SMU and some other schools are in talks to try to join the Big 12 um, so that they could hopefully be, still be, be a Power 5 conference. But to be very honest with you, even if they add some of those schools, I don't know if that's going to save them. Um, the Big 12 was in danger before, which is why Oklahoma and Texas decided to leave, which, to be honest, really screws over the Big 12. Those were by far the two most important schools to that conference. They were the money makers. They were the prime time. You know, they were the show. They were the Big 12. No offense to, no offense to any other school in that conference. Oklahoma and Texas, respectfully, those were the two superstars of the conference. It's it's like if Alabama and LSU decided to leave the SEC. As great as the SEC is, if Alabama and LSU both decided to bounce, that would change the SEC forever. Because those are the those are the biggest schools, you know, popularity wise, and 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 stuff like that. Um, so destroy, it's going to destroy the Big 12. They're pro, they either might get disbanded or they won't be a Power 5 school anymore. Uh, but Oklahoma and Texas decided, you know what, we're tired of fighting all year to maybe not even make the playoffs because the committee doesn't respect the Big 12. We're going to leave. And to me, I, know, I don't like it for a few reasons. Mind you, I am an Oklahoma fan, right? When it comes to football, I root for Rutgers. Obviously, my school, OU. Oh, as an Ohio University, but I also, as a kid, I grew up rooting for Oklahoma, the original OU that I ended up rooting for. So I love it as an Oklahoma fan because it gives them a chance to, you know, really put themselves in a position to win every year. But at the same time, as a college football fan, I hate it. I never liked it. I hated it when the Big East disbanded over this. And the Big East disbanded over this, destroying what was a legendary basketball conference, right? The Big 12 is a football conference. So at least football is destroying the football conference. Hmm. But what I don't like about this is 
this is college sports, period, right? It's not just football. I get football as the moneymaker. I understand that. I'm not stupid. Money talks. Football is the moneymaker. But if you are a fan of all these other teams, right, especially when you talk about college, you don't just root for just a football team. If I like Oklahoma, I would presumably like Oklahoma basketball to win too, right? You know, I don't, I don't know anybody just like, yeah, I want to watch the football team, but I don't care if, you know, you might not necessarily care if the other teams win, but you're like, oh yeah, that school's winning in that sport. Cool. Cause you know, you root for that team's basketball team or football team or whatever. So I hate the fact that this is destroying schools. Like I said, the Big East, the Big East tournament was better than March Madness most years, right? Especially especially in the 90s, early 2000s, late 2000s, when we were watching the Big, the Big East. The Big East was a legendary conference. The fact that that got destroyed because of football, I still hate that to this day. Mm-hmm. I know Rutgers is in the Big Ten, and you could argue whether that's better for them or not. Yeah, you could I, argue selfish reasons of why it'd be better, but the, the as a whole, it's, it's not helping everybody. It's not one of the cases of a you know rising tide raises all boats or raises all ships. Um, I just did not, at the risk of sounding cliche, but this is how I really feel about it. It is so political because you you hit the nail on the head. It's money. We can we can read the press releases. We can me and you can give it the respect it deserves in the sense that we'll say what they said they did it for. We'll say what they think the positives will be. At the end of the day, even a casual like me knows it's for the money. The, the only thing that's kind of a silver lining in this is that this country's moving towards start paying these guys because a lot yeah. of people are getting rich off this. Yeah. So, and this is just a move that kind of said, oh, well, our hustle's up. So we might as well say F it and go the whole other way and get it all done. That's what they're doing. And when I say what I mean by get it all done is super conferences. Like you, you see, you and, see, and that? the thing, and the thing about it, I hate to cut you off. The thing about it, I predicted this back when the Big East was disbanding. Now I thought it was going to be an ACC, right? I no, you did. I, I remember. I don't know if it was on the dope log, but I definitely remember you bringing up this is gonna. This is just the first. This is not the last time this is going to happen. We're going to start seeing a bunch of changes, and for the same BS reasons they're giving. And I'm saying BS because we know it's money. If they said, hey, we're just trying to make that bank, no one would be like, oh, well, they're lying. You know, so it, 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 I'm surprised it started with the Big 12 because as a casual, that was one of those, like, I thought it was just as safe as the Big 10 or the because, SEC. Because what Clemson saved the ACC. Let's be real. If Clemson wasn't so dominant over the last decade, this would have been the ACC. And my thing was, that, and that was the problem with this. Like, I get it. The Big East was, it was the power six, right? It was because the, the Big East was one of the power conferences. And the Big East was the lower conference of all the other conferences. So it was, let's disband them and now have a power five. Well, the problem with that is eventually somebody's going to be the lower class of that too. And they're going to have to get this banded. I thought it was going to be the ACC, mostly because the ACC wasn't that much better than the Big East. And most of the Big East schools went to the ACC. So I'm sitting here looking at the ACC like, I don't know why y'all are celebrating. You're next. Mm-hmm. What saved them was Clemson being such a dominant team and winning two national championships and going to four, I believe. That's what saved them. If Clemson wasn't so good, the ACC would have been the lower end of the totem pole. Because Clemson was so highly favored, it, it came down to the Big, Big 12 and the Pac-12. 
And you could have flipped the coin between either one. Honestly, I probably would have picked the Pac-12, but Texas and Oklahoma saw the writing on the wall and said, let's get out before, you know, before they choose for us. Because that was the problem. Both the Pac-12 and the Big 12 every year was fighting just to make the the college football playoff, even if their teams were undefeated, even if their teams were – conference champions champions it was usually two sec teams it was usually clemson and there was probably a big 10 school so there was literally no room and so if if there wasn't a second sec school then it'll be up to either notre dame or the big 12 or the pac 12 to get in it was just so hard for one of those schools to get in and they saw the writing on the wall if the if the playoffs weren't expanded one of our conferences is going to be deemed the run of the litter and so the big 12 and oh, i think and really i think this i think this probably started with oklahoma oklahoma's like yo we win our conference every year we should be a playoff team it's not our fault that the rest of our conference isn't that good i think oklahoma probably came went to texas and said yo let's get out me and, and i'm surprised that it came here instead of just expanding the playoffs like me and you have been saying is inevitable anyway um, just for the listeners, because I don't know off the top of my head, all the members of the Big 12, I pulled it up real quick. Um, if I'm wrong, let me know, because it's Wikipedia, so they might not have updated it. Baylor University, Ohio State University, University of Kansas, Kansas State University, and then you got University of Oklahoma still listed, Oklahoma State University, Texas Christian University, TCU, University of Texas, Texas Tech University, and West Virginia, West Virginia University. Yeah. So to me... I watch. I didn't realize how much uh, Big Twelve games I watch in comparison to the other, you know, conferences. Pretty much, it goes Big Ten, SEC, ACC, and Big Twelve. Those are the only ones that I I will I, I apparently check for as a casual fan. So with those two leaving, who's going to replace them? SMU is cool, but they've never been the same since they got the death penalty. And I, and, and I only know that because of Pony Excess, the the classic thirty for thirty. So. I don't know how they survive. I'm not saying like, you know, there couldn't be some star power and then, you know, Kansas has a, has a crazy breakout year or, or they're, TCU. They're not, the answer is they're not going to survive. The answer is they're not. They're, they're either going to get disbanded or they're going to be leveled down to not a power five school. It's just going to be the power four. Uh-huh. And, and, that, and again, and that's the problem. Once it comes to power four, then you start looking, okay, well, who's the weakest link there? Again, Clemson did not look the way they looked over the last couple of years. They lost to Georgia. They looked like an average team at best. The ACC, North Carolina lost. I'll talk about that later. Uh, the ACC did not look good this weekend, right? So now that Clemson's not there to mask the problems of the ACC, how long is it before everybody starts looking at the ACC and saying, well, why are we, you know, why are we, you know, awarding you with, with, you know, a clear path to the college football playoff. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's a slippery slope. Cause once we start doing this, there's always going to be a weak link. There's always going to be a lower level. Like I said, the PAC 12 is not safe now. You know what I mean? And so that's the next part of this, the ACC, the big 10 and the PAC 12 form some type of alliance, which to be very honest with you, I don't, I still don't even know what that really means. Yeah, that's kind of what I I saw that first, and then you were like, oh, so and so, you know, left the the Big Twelve, and I saw because I saw the Alliance headline, and what does that you know what I mean? Like as far as a sports fan goes, 
So it's a new league? Like, what are you talking about? No, and that's the funny thing. It's not a new. It's it's basically like we're gonna look out for each other. Basically, like we're gonna have each other's back. We're not gonna let. We're not gonna let you guys get screwed over. Basically, oh, you little schools ruining it for the rest. And, of And them. really, and really, to be honest, I think that's complete BS. Because if you're the Big Ten, why do you care about the ACC and the Pac-12? Unless you want, unless you want to get some in some of, some of that money, mm-hmm. which the Big Ten already kind of did. They took Rutgers and Maryland for a reason. They wanted that DC market. They wanted the New York market. There's no other market in the ACC that I could think of. That the Big Ten's like, oh yeah, I need to get in that. I need uh, what they're gonna take uh, an Atlanta school. I don't, I don't see it. What they're gonna try to take the USC or UCLA? Like, I don't see it. So I, I just, to me, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense on this alliance that they're doing. It's basically like, oh, we're just gonna look out for each other and be in constant communication with each other and update each other so that there's no surprises. And that's like, it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, this is, to me, it's just a foolish thing. And it sucks. It really sucks. Because again, college is about the rivalries, right? It's about the tradition. It's about all this stuff. And you're ruining that for one sport. And who's to say football is always going to be the moneymaker? What if as a, you know, at, at one point, baseball was our pastime and baseball was everything, right? At, at, at one point, it, it was boxing, horse racing, and baseball. And right. now, 100 years later, it's football, basketball, and then I guess you could say baseball because they still right. make money. And, and, and the way basketball has become such an international game now, who's to say 20, 30, 50 years from now, basketball is not the, the big money maker and football isn't? Are we going to realign the conferences again based on who's the worst basketball conference? Because I'm looking at you, SEC, that's probably you. Well, you know? well the, the messed up part about all this is the conferences are irrelevant. Like there's, there's big money players at the schools, at the big universities that make the money off these clubs. And I'm saying clubs like, like I would with every other sport, because that's essentially what we're talking about. The fact that the highest paid state employee in New Jersey is the Rutgers football coach when Rutgers has zero banners to, to you know, warrant that pay it tells you all you need to know about how corrupt college football actually is college sports in general but college football as you said right now is the money maker we all know that basketball has its schools that are basketball schools that pretty much that's all they're known for duke north carolina let's be real i'm not saying you know i know north carolina at least 20 years ago had a program where if you went there for teaching like it was it was really easy to become a teacher at the university of north carolina so i'm not saying they don't have other things but no one's going. No one thinks of teaching when they think of North Carolina University and the Tar Heels. That's basketball. No one thinks of academics when you say Alabama in the context of college. So I just don't buy into the BS that this is for the betterment of anybody, but the pockets that have been getting fat the whole time. Right. Exactly. And, that, and like I said, and the, the problem with this is this is a right now thing. Like, oh, we're cashing on this right now. Like I said. The dynamics could change, especially football, right? When we talk about the health and safety of football, I know they're trying to make all these changes and trying to update the equipment. But look, concussions are still going to happen. Injuries are still going to happen. What if as a society, we really say, look, we don't want our kids playing football anymore. What if baseball and basketball become the norm again? Well, that's what I'm saying. 30, 40 years from now, if basketball or baseball is the, is the major moneymaker, are we now going to look at all these conferences again and say, well, we got to realign again 
because th these schools aren't that good in baseball or basketball and these schools are, are we going to get the Big East back? Because it's like, wait a minute, we, basketball is a thing. Remember when the Big East was cool? Yeah, let's make that a thing again. Like, to me, that's just silly. Well, it's to just, your point, that you, you, you glossed over it, and this is a major key right here, that what are the parents going to take their kids out of football? That's already began. The, the difference right. is the difference is they've been going to basketball and they've been going to soccer. And to show, you know, if you don't believe me, our, our young kids on the U.S. soccer team, much better than they've ever been. But right. that's besides the point. Football staying alive because they are, have been doing what they've been doing forever, taking advantage of the poor. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't care how you want to quantify that. If you look at, at, at it's, it's the super, super rich kids. That, that get to be, you know, choose the, where they want to be starting quarterback in college football. And then you got everyone else that their only option to get out of where they're from is football. Mm -hmm. and, and they come from states like Jersey. They come from states like Florida. They come from states like Cali. They come from states like Texas. And then everywhere in between, like the deep south. So that's their only option. And that's still who's going to be preyed on for these opportunities. We just saw it with Bishop Sycamore. It was a fake school giving 18 to 23 year olds an opportunity at college. That's what they were sold. You, right. You'll have a chance to get recruited for not pro college football. Yeah. But, but there's no money in this supposedly, right? Even though me and you both agree, there are people that will go to school for football and take advantage of the academic part of it with their scholarship and more power to them. But football is going to forever prey on the economically disenfranchised. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and you're, and you're right, but that still doesn't mean that football will always be the number one sport. No, I agree. I'm there already. And, and that, and, and, I think I know mortality, you know, it's finite. We look at it like, Oh, this is never going to change. And a and hundred years ago, no one would believe that basketball would be more popular than boxing, that, right. that, that you would have sounded like an idiot in 1921 saying that. Right. So here in 2021, how we act like football is unbeatable, football is unbeatable. Travel back 50 years ago and tell somebody that's a baseball fan that football is going to be the most popular sport in America. They'll, they'll look at you like baseball is America's pastime. It's never going to change. Us as human beings think change is scary, but one change is coming, and it's to, it's to our football, American football, because world football ain't going nowhere. But American football has a bunch of problems, and the irony, the cognitive dissonance, and the irony of football players that don't want to take the vaccine because they don't know the long-term side effects when you play a sport where, spoiler, we know the long-term side effects, and they're really bad for your brain. So it's all about money. It's not about tomorrow. It's not about 10 years from now. It's about let's cash out right now. We right. want the bag right now. That's the whole philosophy of the sport for better or worse. But it's like me and you talk about it all the time. It's a reoccurring theme. They want the money right now. Long-term contracts are only because of the guaranteed money that they get at that lump sum. So we know that a seven-year contract, six-year contract, maybe two is really a two or three-year contract. We know a three-year contract, it's pretty much a one-year contract. So it's a right-now sport. It's more of a right-now sport than, than and MMA funny. and boxing. And it's funny because you say, especially with the vaccine, because I, I don't tell people to get the vaccine. Now, if you want to get it, you want to get it. If you don't want to get it, that's up to you. But I do find it funny that, especially football players, where it's like if your knee was tore up and they say, here, inject this, it's going to make you feel better, they wouldn't question it, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, that will get me back in the game? Cool. And they'll, and they'll – 
inject it and worry about the consequences of that later. But yeah. the vaccine is like, no, no, no. I need to make sure I, I know what I'm putting in my body. We that, know that, that, is, the, that to me, that's that is funny. We know that the brain is getting destroyed with this sport. We know there's no safe way to mitigate concussions and long-term brain damage in this sport. And we know the long-term side effects are terrible. Me and you just at 30 saw players we grew up with that aren't with us anymore because of how bad it was with CTE. But, and and this isn't a political statement. This is just a, you have to kind of laugh at the irony. So you're now worried about long-term effects and and you're, you're affecting your money immediately because you're, you're this is where you take the stand. This is your medical stand. Your medical stand wasn't, Hey, I got paid. Let me get out. Cause that's a couple of people. We've seen that more than ever that players will go to college, get that one rookie contract, play a couple of years and be like, yo, I'm done. Right. Like, and, and, and I don't know how this is going to affect prospects. Like if you're a kid and you're really good at corner and wide receiver, but you're also really good at like small forward basketball is the way to go. Like if, if you, if you're a soccer player, but you're also a punter. But, and that's, I will say this, that's the other thing that's helping football. You could be shorter and play football, right? So you can be a six, two corner and you're considered a big corner and basketball, you're a point guard. And there's a dime a dozen of those. Mm-hmm. So that's the one thing that does help football in that aspect. If you're shorter, but you're a great athlete, football is the way to go. Cause there's more things you can do. There's more positions you could play. You can impact the game in that way. Um, yeah. But yeah, but the, I mean, the point the point of the matter is, it's a cosmic shift in, in in college sports as we know it. I hate that it's happening. I knew it was going to happen. I thought it was going to happen with the ACC and not the Big Twelve. But like I said, Clem, Clemson, Deshaun Watson, and Trevor Lawrence—that decade of football, basically, because you know that that helped that saved the ACC from this inevitably happening to them. And if they don't find their next champion. Uh, th- it will be them. I really do think it will be them because they're not that good of a conference at all. We Pat, the Pac-12 for some reason gets clowned a lot because it's always like, oh yeah, we got some good team. Then they lose a big game, and it's like, damn. But the ACC really is like a trash conference. That's why mm-hmm. Clemson ran through it for the last decade, and they didn't even have to try hard. So you know what I mean. So it is what it is. Like I said, well, I. I I, I hate that this is happening to college football and college sports in general, but add it to the long list of shit we hate about college sports. Yeah. Cause that's the weird part. You still have this enjoyment where you can be the casual. I really like, I there's certain things I like there's certain rivalries. I like, I'm not going to act like I won't turn on Alabama, Alabama, Auburn. I won't act like I wouldn't stop and watch USC, Notre Dame or USC, UCLA. I'm not acting higher, high and mighty about it. I'm just being honest. Um, and I'm more concerned with the with the pros, so I think we should move on to the NFL because that is the king of sports still right now. Even though me and you can talk all day about how we think that it's moving in a different direction in the long term, we have on on, on some pause that ain't been dropped. And, and real quick, just to wrap up college football, and it's still to me, I I still watch it because it's still a great game. The the Notre Dame, what Notre Dame? Who did they play the other day? 
Oh man, I can't. Re- I can't even think of it. Y'all were going off in the chat. I I, I wasn't yeah, watching Notre Dame. Whoever they played, Virginia Tech. While, while y'all were watching that, I was watching AEW All Out 2021, which was all time pro wrestling, and and that's not even hyperbolic. It was awesome. So yeah. for my wrestling, so, nerd the, the, the Notre the Notre Dame game the other day was incredible. You know, uh, um, it wasn't as cool as Adam Cole debuting. I just want to let you know. Yeah. So so I mean. College football, I'm not going to lie to you, a great college football game is probably one of the best things you can watch entertainment-wise. It's Oh, yeah. It, it really is great stuff. I was watching that game the other day. I'm like, yo, this is awesome. Like, this is – Special college football hits different for sports fans. Let's just be real. Like, I remember Cam Newton at Auburn. I remember – Florida Day and Florida State. Sorry. That's all good. Yeah, it was Florida State because there was a bunch of Jameis jokes going around um, – in, a, in the chat and uh, so that's why yeah it was them um i don't know man i'm i'm here for Rutgers, and 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 i think it's still gonna be by the end of the year it's gonna probably be alabama and somebody else it'll probably be alabama and ohio state that's fine and like but like i said that was, and that was a game that i had no interest in any of the teams I, I could care less about notre dame or florida state but it was just a great game you know what I mean? So that that's one thing college football has for it. When it when it's good, it's it's very well, the hunger's there. Like nothing we said was about the players on the field because yeah. we, we can watch an army navy game. Guys that are not going to those schools because they plan on being pro, and you could still see the hunger and the game intensity in them for yeah, a game. College football is as a sport is a great sport. It's oh, just, it's just co- like college said, sports are good. It's it's just annoying that the politics are gonna ruin it. But we we can move on to the to the people that do get paid. The but let's move on to the to the pros where the politics have always ruined. <laughs> right, the politics are always ruined. Um, and speaking of politics, and you know we might we might as well start here because we talk about the vaccine and stuff like that. Cam Newton. Oh, okay. I was like, where are you going? <laughs> uh, Cam Newton getting cut, making way for Mac Jones. Uh, probably the most surprising thing that has happened this offseason. Uh, I, you know, if, if somebody told you that Mac Jones would start, I don't think anybody would be like, oh, okay. But for, for Cam Newton to get cut like that, yeah. that was kind of surprising. I personally believe it had a lot to do with his vac- him not being vaccinated. Me They're too. not going to say that. But the reality of the situation is this. If you are not like a top 15 player at your position and you're not vaccinated, you're, you do run the risk of getting cut. Two things about what you just said, because I agree 100%. I believe it was because he didn't get the vaccine. And I think if you can get the vaccine, you should get the vaccine personally. But like you said, you know, I'm not going to sit here and preach to you about getting it if you don't want to get it. So uh, and but to your point, Cam isn't the same Cam he used to be. I'm with him that I think he's not the 33rd best quarterback in the league. No, he's probably we, we texted about this. He's probably the 20th best quarterback. He's, he's he's mid to, to third tier of starters, but he should be a starter in the league still, in my opinion. But to say it wasn't about the vaccine, I just don't believe. And here's why. Because at the when that news broke, and mind you, you know, I'll, I'll remind everybody listening, I don't give a flying F about the preseason. Some of it is the most meaningless football you could watch, and it doesn't matter at all to your team because the first month is like their actual preseason in September. So that's a big, that's a whole other conversation. But so I'm just on the periphery of football news all, all preseason because unless it's an injury, it doesn't really matter. So with the, when this broke, and, and it's, oh, it's definitely not about the vaccine. That same week, it broke that the entire 
Bucks team, the defending champs, were vaccinated. And we know that the NFL likes to control their narrative. And the NFL has been spending years at this point really kind of pushing towards, I'd say, center-right politics, right? That's kind of what they do. That's kind of how they uh, propagate themselves. It's kind of how they want to position themselves. They don't want to go too far right because that alienates the player base, but they, they don't want to go too far left because that alienates all of the South and middle America that loves the sport and doesn't want politics in it, air quotes. So they control their messages and their narratives through the media and what leaks and what doesn't leak, so on and so forth. So as Cam is saying, I'm not, I'm better than 32 other guys at my position. And then you see that the teams are all like, oh, yeah, we're 100% vaccinated. Oh, yeah, we're 100% vaccinated. What do I, if, it's, if, it's not a, if it's not, you know, an important thing to the NFL, why do, does the Bucs, the defending champions, feel the need to let everybody know everyone's vaccinated? Why is it a constant thing to remind us that, oh, it had, the vaccination had nothing to do with Cam Newton getting cut? So what did? You just want to start, if you just, you could have just said, we're going with our new guy. It had nothing to do with any of that. We just we really like Mac Jones, but the vaccination point was really kind of hammered home. But it's not the that won't be the the, the last time that we get to see if, uh, NFL politics in you know, the little chess games they play in the media. I don't know if he's going to get picked up, especially if he's not vaccinated. Um, now, I'm short of injuries happening, and you know it's right. speeding up the whole process. I don't know which team he would even make sense for right now off the top of my head, maybe Houston. Right. I was about to say Houston, poor Tyrod Taylor. Every time he just gets a chance to start, somebody comes in and takes over the job. Um, Cam Newton's got to make a decision. Um, Canada? (laughs) Canada or? No, no, no. I mean, if he wants to be a – if he – because there's reports that the Patriots don't think he wanted to be a backup. So that's one of the re- – I'm not saying him not getting vaccinated was the only reason why he got cut, but I do believe it's, it was a, a big factor in it, right? So my thing is if he's okay with being a backup and earning the job or whatever or backing up for a little bit, then he can go – then I think there's plenty of teams that, that need a real backup quarterback, my Steelers being one of them, that I would love to – I would love to have Cam Newton as my backup quarterback. Wayne Haskins era. Um. But if he if he wants a starting job, very little. Houston, I would say Washington, but Ron Rivera has passed on him twice. So I don't see why he would then turn around and say, all right, Cam, come on down to, to, to D.C. Is um, Fitzpatrick really that much better? No, to, that's what I'm saying. I think right now Cam Newton is still better than Fitzpatrick. And I that's not even disrespect to, to Fitzpatrick. He, he's earned his spot. In the league, he keeps getting jobs for a reason. He's not great. He ain't terrible. No, but. right. He he's a back. He's a perfect backup quarterback. He's a guy that could come in and start for you if need be for a couple of games, but he shouldn't be your starting quarterback for a, for a full sixteen game season. So Washington would be the perfect place, but like I said, Ron Rivera has passed on Cam Newton two summers in a row when he had a chance to bring him in. So that just tells me Ron Rivera does not want Cam Newton on his football team for whatever reason. Um, which is crazy because that team was a playoff team last year, completely with three different quarterbacks based off their pass rush. Right. And they have talent on offense. Me and you, you got on me early last season because I wasn't given uh what's his face on, on the Washington football team, the wide receiver enough respect. His name is just escaping me right now. Yeah. Um, And you were right. He, he kept excelling regardless of who was throwing him the ball, as long as that wasn't Dwayne Haskins on the field. So, right. So, I mean, 
Yeah, Cam, and, and you know I me, mean, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with Cam Newton. I want to see him succeed. I just don't realistically, realist, I'll put it to you this way. Realistically, there are a bunch of teams that he could play for right now. But because of the way these teams are structured, there's really only two. He could go to Chicago, but again, you're, they already have Justin Fields. There's already controversy that they're starting Andy Dalton over Justin Fields, so he wouldn't go there. He's not going to go to Jacksonville. They have Trevor Lawrence. You know what I mean? So any team with a young quarterback that eliminates right there because you're not going to take Cam Newton over your young quarterback that you want to see play. That's what. That's why, to me, the only two teams off the top of my head is Houston and maybe Washington. Every other team – kind of either has their quarterback already or kind of already has a guy in waiting already. They're not going to just take yeah, Detroit got golf. The, yeah, the, you I mean, know, it's the, just not, you know, no other team makes sense. Um, you know, maybe, even, maybe the Vikings, maybe, maybe, right. Maybe the Vikings is like, Hey, but even then that'll be backup situation. If Kirk cousins is struggling, then we could put you in. But that, but that, you know what I mean? But that's exactly. And it's like, what is struggling to Kirk Cousins? Because he's one of those dudes that just overpaid. He's it's not like he doesn't deserve his spot in the league. He's you know he's just making yeah, he's, he's making a, a, he's a mid tier quarterback. He's he's Cam Newton. He's a mid tier quarterback. If, if if the Bears didn't um have a, the the kid they just drafted, then I'd say the Bears. But right. they they already they're already paying too many quarterbacks on that roster. Right. So it's. You know, the Eagles, I, maybe the Eagles, maybe the Eagles, but even then, they they want to see what Jalen Hurts has. Bringing in Cam Newton doesn't help that process, so that's what I'm saying. I thought about the Eagles, but that doesn't make sense. And the same with your Giants. Your Giants want to see what Danny Dimes is going to do this year with some weapons. Um, so I don't think they're going to bring in Cam Newton. Oh, but, unless, unless it's a dumpster fire for the offense, and we're still 31st or dead last on offense, I don't see a change happening. Um, Daniel Jones has to show and prove since you brought him up. He, he This is a make or break year for him. But if this was next year and Daniel Jones sucked this year, I'd say, yeah, bring in Cam Newton. But it's not. You know, that's the craziest part. A lot of uh, teams are in the same position as the Giants with their young quarterback. Either it's their first year and they're a rookie or it's show and prove time. It's just too early to pull them. And you don't want to stump their growth. Um you know, the Bengals, the same traditional teams you would assume would want to bring him in, the Bengals, the Jags, so on and so forth, they're spoken for. They're, I mean, they're, not, they're not making a move. I may, maybe Denver. Maybe if Denver is not sold on Teddy Bridgewater because it's not like Teddy Bridgewater blew them away. That's a good one. I forgot about Denver. Denver like, De- better, he's better than Drew Locke, but what does that really mean? So maybe Denver would say, you know what, let's bring in Cam Newton just to have a third guy in that rotation just to see if we can figure that out. But again, not the, the choices aren't that aren't that high. I he mean, can't go home to the Carolina. You know, they just made a move. They 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 gave up assets to acquire Sam Darnold. Uh, to be very honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if Carolina did it. But again, I don't think they would do it right away. They would have to see Sam Darnold struggle for a couple of weeks before they did it. I wouldn't be surprised. It, the fan base would love to have him back. I know that. But it, it would be one of those things like, no, if Sam Darnold struggles early on, then you could maybe see that call. But they wouldn't do it. To, they're not going to pick up the phone today and, and sign him. Oh wow! Breaking news—they signed him. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, don't mess with me. <laughs> but but you know that's that's 
that you know, like I said, I feel bad for Cam. He's in that weird part of his like he's still young, but because of the style of play that he has, he's kind of been beat up, banged up a little bit. So he's kind of like is he it, it, it's his style. There's the there's the, the Cam Newton haters, air quotes on haters, because we, we know how good of a guy he is away from football. Most all the haters he had in Carolina were just racist, making picking dances as the reason he's not a role model. So I want to separate the hate he got back then with those letters to the Charlotte observer or whatever the paper's name is mm-hmm. and to what's going on now. Cause there are definitely casual football fans and the diehards that just believe he's passed that prime. He's, he's ran, you know, he's just ran the course. Cause he was, a, he was constantly getting hit. I, I think you could agree that quarterbacks like him, like big Ben is an aberration for still existing. Because I didn't think he would still be around. That's mostly because of all the injuries he's had. Cam Newton has had injuries. Cam Newton was a beast, and he was getting hit like that in college. So it's been a while now. Big Ben is only still around because the Steelers realized, yo, we got to protect him. So they got a, they got an office line that was great. And they forced him to say, hey, Ben, bro, I know you like holding on to the ball, but please get rid of the ball quicker. There's no reason for you to keep getting hit this much. And Ben, and ben was reluctant at first. But when he had a season or two without injuries, he was like, oh, wow, I, I kind of like not being hurt. I kind of like playing at least 15 games instead of 12 to 13. So, you know, even Big Ben, like, you kind of had to save him from himself in order for him to still be in the league this long. It's hard. And Carolina never had a great offensive line. You know what I mean? It's, it, Carolina never had great weapons. That's another thing. All the places we're saying, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know the, the offensive line of every team in the league, but where, where's this good line with no quarterback? Right. It's not. It's, there is none. There is none. Like, because, like, you know, okay, he goes maybe, to, maybe to, the Colts. Maybe the Colts, if Carson Wentz isn't healthy, maybe they would think of Cam Newton. I think, um, I think they should think of Cam Newton, even if Carson Wentz is healthy. I think Carson Wentz is done. No, but see, even then, I think yeah, there's my bold prediction for the season. Everybody, Carson Wentz is over. That 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 hype train has sailed. It is yeah, no longer coming back. It's another Sam Darnold situation. You're not going to do it now. You got to give Carson Wentz a couple weeks to prove to you that he doesn't have oh, it. Yeah, I agree. I I even you know like you know, it's the Eagles hater and, and, and to be honest with you, is if Carson Wentz isn't isn't good, the Colts would be perfect. Like he has a line, he has weapons. I really do believe he can still play at a at a decently high level. That would be a perfect place for Cam Newton if Carson Wentz isn't good. Why do you think he can still play at a decently high level? Because I think when healthy, he's still a good quarterback. I, I like to me, I always put everything in context. Again, so he wasn't healthy last year. Who was he throwing to last year? Who's throwing to me? I, I mean, he was throwing to the same people Jalen Hurts started throwing to. Who? Wait, we talking about Carson Wentz or Cam Newton? Carson Wentz. Oh, no, no, I'm talking about Cam Newton. Oh, my bad. I thought you said Carson went. No, 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 Kelsey. Cam Newton can still play at a high. I thought we were still talking about the Colts. That's why I looked at you like, did I miss no, no, Did no, I no. miss an injury? Like, No, 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 no I, I was saying the Colts would be a great spot for Cam. Oh, if, okay. Well, if yeah. Carson Wentz doesn't have it. Well, yeah, I, I, but also I don't think the Colts bring in Cam Newton because let's just say that they don't seem like the organization that would. And then again, I never thought I'd see Cam Newton in a, in a Patriots jersey. And here we are. So they love Jacoby Brissett in Indianapolis. So it's not like you know. It, yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird football city. The, I'm not saying the fans wouldn't love Cam Newton. That organization is just strange. It it's is. a strange organization. You can't really predict their moves. Their owner is literally just an erratic owner. So maybe they do. Maybe they don't. 
I think I do think that Cam Newton, and this is just something I was thinking before we came on the pod. It's not a topic that you know we we even have to delve deep that deep into. But I think Cam Newton being a free agent is that nail in the coffin that I already thought was nailed. But me and you have discussed on the pod before about Kaepernick. I think him being the free uh, being a free agent is that nail in the coffin for any type of pipe dream of Kaepernick ever coming back in the league. I've been saying for a year now, if not two, that it's over. You know what I mean? Like let's just. Let's not fool ourselves or give that. Oh, yeah. that well, I, yeah, I think it's over for, for Kaepernick. So I, I wasn't thinking about Kaepernick. I know, but I, I for, just as the type of because like I like mobile quarterbacks with with the arm and and, and the heart, right? So Kaepernick, Cam, the last ten years, they, they were kind of the in same. a conversation at the same time. So yeah. that's why I came in my head, and I and I just was thinking to myself, they're not that old, and if Cam can't get a job, yeah. you know, it's it's a wrap. Because because he's Cam Newton, like we, me and you both, you were uneasy about it, and my other friend Brandon, who's who's a Panthers fan, diehard Panthers fan, were unsure about him getting drafted to the Panthers. But in that time, he, he, like I know he's a no, Panthers he really, favorite now. No, he you know? lived up to it. He definitely did. He lived up to it. So so if he can't get a job, if this all time college quarterback slash the greatest Panthers quarterback is just out of work. There's a bunch of other quarterbacks over the last couple of years that are, have been free agents right. that are going to remain free agents. Like speaking of quarterbacks, because we we promise we will get to like the actual season and predictions and stuff like that. I want to talk about one thing real quick. Speaking of quarterbacks, and this pertains to me and you specifically because our teams were part of this nonsense, right? Oh God! Well, so we're talking about college football. We're talking about the NFL. Both are starting, right? So we got to talk about next year, right? That's what we do as fans. We're already looking ahead to next year and next year's draft, right? Last, this past draft, it was a magical year for quarterbacks. We got all these quarterbacks. We had five guys going in the first round, first time that's ever happened. And me and you, as, as a Giants fan and Steelers fan, respectively, our teams were brought into the fire somehow of, hey, the Giants and the Steelers are thinking about getting a quarterback this year because if they don't get one, there is no one, there's no quarterbacks next year. That's what mm-hmm. we heard all offseason, right? Okay. You're not into mock drafts and draft and, and draft as much as I am. I love I love that stuff. Right? You do. I, I, you make me do one. That's yeah, how much you I, love I, it. I love I love that stuff. So obviously, when when these way too early mock drafts came out, I looked at them. I was like, oh, yeah, because again, I'm not the greatest college football fan either. So sometimes I look at them just to see who I should be looking out for mm-hmm. when I do watch college football. I'm looking at all these way too early mock drafts that came out literally like a week after this past draft, right? So not a down of football had been played, not even a practice, not even a meeting, nothing, right? And somehow, some way, these way too early mock drafts, all of them, had four, if not five, quarterbacks going in the first round. Like clockwork, bro. Four, if not five. And when I say in the first round, I'm talking about all five of them going in the top 15 again. Usually one, if not two of them in the top three, right? Now, granted, I understand that the four or five in this year's draft do not hold a candle to the five that just came in. Supposedly. I get that. And I watched the UNC game. Over the weekend, Sam Howell, who's supposed to be one, you know, fighting with Spencer Rattler as a top quarterback, there were moments where you say, "Oh wow, that was a really good time. That was a really good throw." But there were, I hate to say it, more moments where you're like, "This is the guy that's supposed to be the best quarterback in this draft class." So I get it. The talent, 
is not the same, right? I would also maybe agree if you said all five combined aren't as good as Justin Fields, let alone Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Cool. I might agree with that too. But you cannot, and I literally mean cannot, it is physically impossible to say this isn't a good draft class for quarterbacks when you have five guys going in the first round. That makes zero sense. That by definition, that doesn't make sense. Nobody's drafting a quarterback in the first round without thinking they might be a franchise quarterback. I get it. These guys might not have Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes potential. It might be more Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, but most teams would take that. If you're telling me I got my franchise guy for 10 to 15 years, I'm taking it. Matt Ryan won an MVP and went to a Super Bowl, and it wasn't necessarily his fault they lost that Super Bowl. So I don't understand I don't understand this notion of, oh, Giants, even though you got to improve your team, if you're not sure about Daniel Jones, get your guy this year because you won't be able to get him next year. Hey, Steelers, instead of going for it this year, knowing that it's Big Ben's last year, forget that. Don't get Najee Harris. Don't get an offensive line. Go get your quarterback this year because you ain't going to be able to get him next year. That's asinine. Every year. It's an every year thing. We, we take out the names. Every single year. The, the quarterbacks get overhyped, overhyped. I don't care what, what year it is. They are overhyped because there's at least three that are nothing in a couple more seasons. And last year is, is another case. You remember when it what was it? Uh, Jake Locker's draft and all that. That was supposed to be the game changing quarterback draft a, a couple of years ago when we drafted Daniel Jones. Oh, this is going to be the best quarterback class in, in, in all these years. Every couple of years, every year, it seems like, no, oh, this is the best class of yada, yada, yada. There's only been a couple of drafts where they were honest and said, there's not really quarterbacks in this draft. And the, the only one that kind of pops in my head is the Geno Smith draft. So I, no, I, 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 it's all BS. It's all, they, they purposely overhype. And even the Jared Goff, Carson Wentz draft, a lot of people were saying, why are these guys moving up to get these guys? Because we're not sure about either one of these guys. And both guys, neither one is on their team that been that had that drafted them still, mm-hmm. which is which is ironic. And again, I get what they're saying. Next year's class doesn't hold a candle talent-wise to this year's class. But my thing is, like I said, like I just said, right? This is the first time in NFL history five guys got taken in the first round. And they're predicting that another five guys will be taken next round. I mean, next year. So you're saying history is going to repeat itself, but yet it's not a good class. It might not be as good, but you can't say it's not a good class. That doesn't make any sense. You you should have looked up the, the two early mock from a year ago and see if they had Zach Wilson as hyped up as he became. They, they did not. They did not. I know and, they did. And, oh, and by the way, that's another thing. They said, oh, there's a couple other guys that we believe – like, it's like could be that sleeper that if he has a great year, they could be catapulted into the first round. So when I were talking about six or seven guys that could go in the first round, and and that's ridiculous. And really, besides Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck, over the past decade, it has been no namers that came out of nowhere and, and and lit it up for a season, and now they're a top prospect. That I get. That I get. So if if this was by this time next year or i'm sorry march of ne- march of 2022 and they're like hey look we thought this was going to be a bad class but the three guys came out of nowhere and now they're the top three picks in the draft i can understand that because you're because those are guys that are coming out of nowhere for them to make these way too early predictions 
and say that there's going to be five guys in the first round, that doesn't make any sense. On, on contrast, right, uh, they also said wide receivers aren't, you know, get your wide receiver now because next year's class might not be that bad. The right? deepest position for a decade. Right. Um, and there's five receivers in the first round in these way too early mock drafts too. But at least those are all receivers that are like in the, like the, I think the earliest ones like at 19 or whatever. So Chris Alave and the other guy from Ohio State, there's a dude from Arkansas. There's a couple of receivers. So, you know, those mock drafts have four or five receivers, but at least they were like late in the first round. So I could see at least where it's like, okay, I see what you guys are clearly saying the wide receivers here are much better than the wide receivers there. You can't then say, oh, the quarterbacks are not the same, but yet we got four guys going in the top 10. Like, like, come on, that just, that just doesn't make any sense. Like I said, I get it. They're not Rodgers, Mahomes potential. They might be Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan potential, but that's still a franchise quarterback. Like, so as a Giants fan, as a Steeler fan, if you're telling me there's five guys that have the potential to be franchise quarterback, I will take that. Every year, <laughs> like, like that's the that's the most. It's it's so annoying because we say I feel like we're broken records around this time because it's like every year, it's because the agents and the agents are cool. That the agents have quarterback prospects and media uh, clients too. So right. it's the same agents and they all get hyped up. It's, we we know we've heard the, the 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 legendary analysts that might be on payrolls of their agents for hyping up certain uh, prospects to get them drafted higher, yada yada yada. But every year the quarterback suck offs is just annoying. Like they they've turned the Heisman into a glorified quarterback uh, MVP award. The, the the MVP in in the NFL is a glorified quarterback award. So there's only 32 spots. And, and I just, besides them going, oh, there's not that many good quarterbacks too, every year, well, the scouts are really high on him now, so he might go top five. How do you go from it's not a good quarterback draft to this guy is a top five prospect in the entire draft? Every year. Like, when was the last time a quarterback wasn't taken or, or we didn't expect them, them to go in the top ten? Right. I don't even remember anymore. So, like, yeah, what is it? The Geno class that you're talking about. Yeah, man, and that's a long time ago. That's dog. It's dog years in football. Yeah, no, that's that was, generations ago in football. That was like 2013. So yeah, that was almost 10 years ago. And and, and you know football's dog years. Like three three years is a long time yeah, between Christian drafts. Ponder went like 13 to the Vikings, and he was the first quarterback. Yeah, you just triggered uh, one of my boys who's a Vikings fan just by bringing up the name Christian Ponder. Oh, <laughs> like like the Vikings fans when they hear that name. They, they they just cursed they, like they, wherever they were doing all Vikings fans everywhere just went what the fuck fuck <laughs> oh, somebody why 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 I just got violent but I'm sorry Vikings fans but but yeah I mean but yeah that's that's a big that's a big deal and I I just to me it's just the reason why I hate that so much is because you know there's some teams that buy into that stuff. There really are. I, I truly believe that. The no wide receivers thing is so such bullshit that I can't imagine. Because, like, you don't need to get a Megatron in every draft. But don't tell me out of seven rounds in a sport where everybody, for the most part, like, as far as percentage of, of players on the field, is, is, is that build for a corner or wide out, that every draft, there's not that many wide outs and corners. Every draft? Every draft, like you can build a whole damn roster based off the free agents that were top prospects at their position. 
Yeah. Every free agency. Yeah, it's it's just it's just annoying. It's just annoying because like you said, the overhype every time as much as I love the draft, I love the draft, I love mock drafts, I love all that stuff. The over the over analyzing of all this stuff is stupid because it, it, it ruins people's money, right? Justin Fields should not have been the eleventh pick in the draft. Like we've seen that in preseason. He's looked like the second best quarterback in preseason. Zach, maybe even the first. Like Zach Wilson has lived up to the bill so far, and Justin Fields has lived up to the bill. That cost that costs him money because of what people do. They overanalyze everything, and I hate to see it. To to, to the defense of Zach Wilson, because I was not a believer. I'm still not necessarily a believer of him, but I want to give him some credit. One of my friends, uh, Mike Daniel, he wrote for the uh, Dope Blog, did, did a mock draft two seasons ago, I believe. Mm-hmm. He sent me a bunch of stuff off of Twitter of breaking down why Wilson jumped over fields. And it had to do with just the, that quarterback intangible of ball placement, throwing it in, in, in the right spot because it, like, when it's the second or third read. So, I, and when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's actually a reason to take him over Justin Fields. Like when, when, when you're consistently better at making the second read, that's something you need to be good at on the next level. So I, I can get at least the, the weighing of both at the Ohio state quarterback. Well, well, that, that was the biggest thing they said. They said, uh, Justin Fields doesn't look at his second read that often. And Zach Wilson does and all this other stuff. Yeah, but you, but you, you're Mr. I don't trust Ohio state quarterback. Oh, I, I wouldn't have drafted Justin Fields, but I, <laughs> but, but that's but I'm also meaning. That's my own bias of saying, look, let me see an Ohio State quarterback thrive in the NFL first, and then I'll do it. Terrell right. Pryor was a G, bro. Yeah, cool. Until he wins the league. Um, so, so my my so my thing would have my thing would have been, hey Justin, I wish you all the best. I hope I'm wrong, but I gotta see it first before I invest a first round draft pick in Ohio State quarterback. But that's just my own bias and my own theory towards the way I draft, right? But that to me was silly because yeah, at Ohio State his first read was always open, so that's why he's throwing it to his first read. At BYU he had like one of the best offensive lines, so he had all day to scan the field and say, "Hey, first read's not open, second read's not open, third read's not open. Let me go back to my first read." You know, he had so much time. Now, again, what they loved about Zach Wilson was the off-platform throws, the arm angles, the all the crazy Patrick Mahomes and Rogers type stuff. So if you said to me, hey, you know what? I can't pass up on that potential. If I And yeah, he had a great offensive line. Cool. Let me do what the Jets did and get him a good offensive line so he has time to do some of that stuff. Cool. That, Like I said, they did more for Zach Wilson in three days than they did for Sam Darnold in three years. Mm. If I'm Sam Darnold, I'm sticking my middle finger up to them like, yo, really? But it is what it is. All right, real quick, because we need to talk about the NFL at some point. Yeah, let's do it. And let's start with the bold predictions. And what, who do you got in the Super Bowl? Honestly, I think it's going to be a rematch. I think it's going to be Chiefs Buccaneers again. This time, I think the Chiefs are going to win with a healthy offensive line and a, and a pissed off Patrick Mahomes. I think they're going to, I think we're going to see a great Super Bowl. I really do. I think it's going to be a slugfest. I think. When I, when I say a slugfest, I think it's going to be high scoring, but it's going to be physical. It's going to be nasty. I think it's going to be like a 35-34 win for the Chiefs somehow. Like Patrick Mahomes is driving down the field for like the, the you know, game-winning field goal type of thing. 
That's why I think it's going to happen. I like that idea. I, I'm, I'm also kind of with you. I think there's a good chance we see a rematch, but for the sake of conversation, I want, I, I have the chiefs in the super bowl. Like if I was making the bet, putting money down, I'd bet on the chiefs winning the AFC shout out to the Bills. shout out to the Ravens. You know what I mean? Like those are like the three teams that are in my head, but I'm still going chiefs and against the chiefs. Wow. I'm with you. I do think Tom is Tom. It's Tom Brady until he proves me otherwise. Kind of like LeBron until he's actually not the same player. I'm not going against Tom Brady, but for the sake of making this interesting, I'll go Rams because Stafford finally got the cast. We always wanted him to have the Rams have a defense. The Rams have weapons. And I hate to say this because it's not like I don't like Matt Stafford. I just have a bad feeling that he's gonna not play well in this playoffs. I'm not. I'm not saying that he'll never win a Super Bowl and never get to the Super Bowl with the Rams. I feel like there's gonna be so much pressure on him this year to prove that it was the the Lions and not him. I feel like he might fold in the playoffs this year, just this year, kind of like LeBron in the in the 11th in the 2011 Finals, like that first year jitters. He'll come back, have a bounce back year, and I think the Lions. I think the Rams might win the Super Bowl next year. I don't think he. I don't think he has jitters. I think if the Rams don't make it to the playoffs or compete for the Super Bowl, contend for the Super Bowl, I should say, I think it's more has to do with injury or the possibility of injuries on that team than the talent that team has. Because on paper, the, that team is stacked. No, the team I, is that. That team is that. But I, I, I guess what I'm saying, and you know what, I, when I say forward in the playoffs, I feel like I'm not saying he's going to play terrible. But I feel like they, they they want him to take him to that their, to that next level, right? Because Jared Goff was good. He just did, he just didn't take them to that next level. And I think he's going to do that all season. And then somewhere along the lines in the playoffs, whether it's the whether it's the divisional round or the uh, conference championship, I feel like he's just going to have an okay day. Not not great. Maybe a one bad interception or something, and it's going to be like, damn, Matt. And I think and I think it's going to be one of those things where. He's like, okay, I got that out of my system. Next year, we ready to ball. That's that's what I think. That's what I think. Now, in terms of bold predictions, the only bold prediction I have is I think the Steelers are going to win their division. And I only say that for one reason and one reason only. One, nobody thinks we're going to be good this year. And one, one thing I will say about Mike Tomlin is we play our best when we're under the radar. So I love the fact that nobody believes in us. I love it. I'm like, yes, please. Well, it's not that no one believes in you. It's that no one believes you're better than the Ravens. Well, I mean, nobody, everybody's saying Big Ben's done. We can't do this. We can't do that. We can't. And, and to be honest with you, I don't think, I think if you really paid attention to last year, Big Ben wasn't the problem. We had a lot of drops. Deontay, Deontay. Johnson, as good as he is, he led the league in drops. Eric Ebron, I believe, was like fifth in the league in drops. So two of the top five uh, receivers in drops were on our team, uh, which was hurting our defense because our defense was on the field a lot longer because the drops happened on third down, fourth down. Like they were destroying drives, right? Um, defense was banged up last year. And, yes, Big Ben couldn't really throw – the deep ball like he used to. But remember, that was a year coming off surgery. I think a year later, a year healthier, a year with a full off season to like focus on football and not just rehab, I think the arm will be a little bit better. I think he will be a little bit better. The question is our offensive line. We had to revamp the offensive line. We got Najee Harris. I know our offensive line is not going to be great, but sometimes you don't have to be great. You just have to be decent. 
And if we can run the ball effectively, and if we take care of the drops, I think our off the defense. We all know the defense isn't going to be a problem. It's, a, it's about can the offense, offense. Sustain, sustain drives and keep scoring points. Remember, we were like a top five offense at the beginning of the year until people realized, hey, they can't run the ball, they can't throw deep. Let's pack the paint a little bit and stop the short passes and the drop started happening. So if we can sustain our offense, we're going to be a good football team. Now we have a hard schedule. I'm not saying we're going to be world beaters, but that's what I think. I think we're going to be one of those, like we're going to be one of those teams that just, you know, uh, creeping along, creeping along a loss here, a loss there. And we might mess around and win the division off tiebreakers. I think the opposite. Because I don't want to, because when I'm, when I, if I would have won first, I would have said you guys might be dead last on the division. But I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I think the North is going to be one of the most competitive divisions this year. Watch them be terrible now, but because that's what I do when I make division claims. I, 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 I'm, I'm the new Mike Greenberg, and I jinx the division whenever I make divisional claims. But I think that the Ravens are going to chop it. Um, can you hear my cat? Because my cat's screaming in behind me now. But. The Ravens. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, you must. You're not even a Steelers fan, but <laughs> the Ravens, I think, are going to win the division. If I had to put money down on, on a divisional winner, um, I oh, think yeah. that the Browns. Uh, the Browns are one of those teams. I would say the Browns, honestly. But I, that's my point. I think it's going to be the Ravens because just like I like Tomlin. Harbaugh is a good coach, man. And Lamar Jackson, keep, like you guys keep getting in on. Lamar Jackson is the only guy his whole career has been figured out every offseason. He's going to be worse next yeah, year. That was the stupidest thing. Somebody I know, said. but I'm just saying, you know, you they, you're, you you hate them. And even you hear it like, can we stop saying this? You're just pissing them off. <laughs> like, So I think it's between the Ravens and the Browns for the top of the division, not at least the Steelers, which has an all-time great coach. And a legendary quarterback, but he's past his prime, and I think this is the wall year. I know I said that last year, but he's not Tom Brady. Oh, wait, sorry. Is this is your Max Kellerman, the cliff thing? With you? Yeah, this is my Max Kellerman moment. I think this is now when Big Ben shows his age. I think Najee Harris is going to be a beast. I got him in two fantasy leagues, so I'm not hating on the Steelers and the talent that is surrounding Big Ben. I think oh, it's just – See, that's the thing, though. Like, remember when we used to have these arguments about A.B. and Big Ben? Like I said, it was all on Big Ben and A.B. That was our team because our defense wasn't good and they were our offense. It's the opposite now. Big Ben has all these weapons around him, and the message to him is like, yo, we don't need you to be a hero, bro. Just play, just be a decent quarterback. Take the check down if it's there. Throw it to the open receiver. You do got Claypool if we do want to go deep. And I think Ben's at a stage of his career where he's like oh, – where he's – okay with, with taking that role on like hey okay being a game manager right and that's, that's what, what he's I'm, like that, that that's not a and that's what word. i don't like he's not going to be mvp he's not going to be a, you know he's not going to be an all pro i do think he could put up good numbers but what what i really believe that we're going to be one of those teams like when you look at us it's like it's going to be like how are they winning games right it's like it's not sexy it's not highlight. We're not going to be on Sports Center top ten. The only way you guys are winning games like that, like I mean, like like the traditional Steeler Tomlin era, you guys are just the top of the AFC. You're going to have to play that old school with, like when you guys had Jerome Bettis running the ball and then making plays because you've been just punching them in the mouth with, with the run game, which you you know Najee Harris. So I'm not I'm not saying there's not a lane for the Steelers to be better than I'm saying, but. This is the this is the caveat because I, I said you know the, the both the actual Cleveland teams at the top you know Baltimore and Cleveland right 
So what about the Bengals? Because if they're healthy, they're going to suck. Their offense is going to be fantastic, but they're going to suck. You think they're going to suck? You think they're like, when you say suck, what do you think their record is going to be? Five and 12. Okay. I don't, I think what you said about how you think you're going to get those wins because people are doubting you. That's exactly what I think the Bengals are going to do. So I think the Bengals, they have zero defense. They have a second year quarterback that never even got to finish his rookie year. They still don't have an offensive line. Their offense is going to be good because they have weapons, but that's literally all you can say for them. They have Joe Mixon and they have that receiving core and obviously Joe Burrow. So they're going to be a team. receiving core is looking nice though. That's what I'm saying. Their offense is going to be deadly. It's, and but I, but I think that's another thing. They people know that you know what I mean. I, I don't. They showed last year that like yo, this team can score points, so don't sleep on them, right? It, it'll be one thing if people didn't know that. I think people saw that last year before Joe got hurt, so people know, hey, we can beat this team, but just make sure we like really, you know, our offense is on is on point because we might have to match point for point with them. So I don't think they're going to sneak up on anybody. And okay. Terry, yeah, that, so, that, that's just my opinion. With the Steelers, I think a lot of people are really just counting us out. Like, hey, they lost four of the last five. They're done. I, I think the opposite, dude. I think they still think the Steelers are a team you have to game plan for. And and you're, you're kind of going to get caught. Well, with I'm, the, I mean, I'm, I'm watching all this NFL Network, ESPN, all that. Everybody is literally counting us out. And I, oh, I don't mean the analysts. I don't mean like, the people like doing I said, this. Like I said, I love it. I love. I don't, but I'm not. I don't talk. I'm not talking about the talk again. I'm not talking about me and you. No, I I like. I I, I mean the the actual teams. There's no way you're 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 letting. You don't let Bill Belichick just walk into your stadium and whoop your ass. You're not letting Mike Tomlin just walk in and you're like, well, I don't need a game plan for this because that's exactly when the Steelers drop fifty on you. Right. So let's stay in the North real quick. How do you feel about the NFC North? It's the Packers and everybody else, like usual. Ooh. Okay. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Don't don't think I'm gonna come up here and say I think the Bears or the Lions are gonna win, but I think the Vikings deserve more respect. I I really do. I don't think like number one, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. I'm not gonna sit here and act like that. Like the Packers can't win the division again, but at some point, it's just toxic. It's not basketball where you can just be that good and just carry your team. I think it's toxic at this point. I think I would agree with you, but I also think everybody knows this is his last year. So everybody in that organization is like, yo, the only chance he comes back is if we win it. And we were that close two years in a row. So you think it, you think this is a year that they're going for it, and if it don't yeah, we, happen, we're it's that, over? We, we're that good. We should win the division. The only reason why I don't believe in the Vikings is because I don't believe in that Vikings defense. So you heard it here first on the Dope Blog, folks. Brett thinks 2022 season, Aaron Rodgers leads the New York Giants to the Super Bowl. That's what he said. Book it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Endorsements. Endorsements. But I, I guess, man, like I, I, I'll show my bias. I, I want to see the purple Vikings. people leaders. The Vikings are interesting. I just don't believe in that defense. They lost a lot of people. They reshuffled a lot of things. And like we said about Kirk Cousins, as good as he can be, he's inconsistent. So if you're if you're hoping that the Vikings are just going to outscore people every week, that's not going to happen. Yeah. happen. Oh, my, my prediction is definitely based off the the defense returning to form. Okay. All so, right. so so let me let me yeah. clarify. I know they weren't like that last year. If the but, defense returns to form, then yes, that's a different conversation. I just don't see that. But but that front office has proven before every time we've doubt their defense is when all of a sudden 
they're sacking you and then you're panicking and you're throwing interceptions. That's I hope I'm first of all, I hope I'm right because we played the we played the North this year. So you know I'm I'm hoping the only loss is to the Packers. I hope we go three and you know, when three is the one Steelers and, Packers game. When I got I gotta look that up. Okay. It's it's, it's not that soon. Okay. No, it's not that soon. No. Okay, because 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 I was like if that's in the first month, I feel like they would have been hyping that up already. Because that's no, one I of those. I don't. I know for a fact we played the Bears Week Nine because they kept showing the, the Bears schedule in terms of. And I, I was talking to some Bears fan. I was like, "Hey, by the time y'all play us, don't worry, Justin Fields will be in." Mm-hmm. So, you know, so, I know. So let's move south real quick. So we'll stay in the NFC though. Um, I have no idea besides the Bucks. I think the Bucks bold are. Bold prediction. Bold. You want, prediction. you want a bold prediction? Pred- Panthers are going to be second in the division and make the playoffs. That's not bold. I was th- I, I, hold on and make the playoffs. No, no. Oh, okay, okay. Everybody okay. has us finishing fourth, right? You know me. I really believe Sam Darnold could be a good quarterback. I believe with in that Panthers system, the offensive line is still not the greatest. That's the only thing that's that's the only thing that's scaring me about them. Who's the Saints quarterback? Jameis. And they got. The Panthers finishing fourth. They got the Panthers finishing fourth. A lot of people have the Saints finishing second still, which I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jameis. I mean, listen, we all know if Jameis doesn't turn the ball over, he's a really good quarterback. The problem is he cannot stop himself from turning the ball over. And I do believe the turnovers will cut down with Sean Payton and the, and, and the way he does things. But what you want to talk about toxic. I think that whole thing with Michael Thomas is toxic. I think I think that's a lot to ask the Saints team in the first year without Drew Brees to just keep it humming like that. I think it's going to take a year. I do think Jameis is going to play well in order to in order to keep the keep the you know keep his job and be their quarterback for the future. I just don't see. I just think the Panthers are another one of those teams that everybody's sleeping on. They have a young defense that can do some things. They have an offense that can. If I'm telling you, Sam Darnold plays well. They got weapons, man. Christian McCaffrey coming back. They got Terrence Marshall Jr., who's going to be great in that offense, who, again, played for Joe Brady in LSU. They got DJ Moore, who I think is going to be a star in this league. Matt Ryan's still in Atlanta. He is still in Atlanta. They have no defense. I know. No, I know they have no defense. I'm just over here with everything you said about the Saints, I agree with. That's why I think they're going to be dead last in that division. But not all on Jameis. I don't think Jameis is as garbage as he gets made out to be. But what you said about leadership. That leadership's gone. Yeah. Drew Brees. But that Saints defense is still really good, though. I guess, man, but <laughs> that, the Saints the, defense. The only, reason, the only reason why I would pick the Saints over the Panthers is because of that defense. But I think the Panthers are, like, deceptively decent on defense, and I think they're really deceptively good on offense. It's the, Yeah, I, I'm with you. The bold prediction is the Panthers for me, too. But let's be real. Me and you both know it's the Bucks. Just, yeah, no, the Bucks are winning. That's why I said everybody listening. We kind of skipped over that because me and him. I didn't. Yeah, that's why I didn't we started say spacing it. out and talking football together because we both are automatically assumed. That's why I, I kind of stammered for a second and said the Bucks. Yeah, we know the Bucks, but like that's kind of so. Just to clarify, we yeah, are not, I, the not saying the division. I'm saying the Panthers will finish second and, and get a wild card spot. That's yeah, I, I was saying I think the Panthers are the surprise of the division, and by surprise, I don't mean better than the Bucks. I just mean better than the other two. And I'm not a big Matt Ryan guy. So, but I, I, you can't just disrespect him. He did get a couple new weapons and that offense should be a little bit back in form. I think they should have held on to Julio, throw him the ball a couple more times, then traded him. But 
to each his own. So let's go back to the AFC, to the AFC South. And uh, I'm not going bold here. King Henry until they get knocked off. Yeah, no, it's the Titans. It's the Titans. I'm higher on Carson Wentz than you are, but I still think the Titans with Julio, the class of that division, the defense is going to get a little bit better with Bud Dupree, and they brought in some other guys. Um, I think the Titans are going to be a very interesting. The Titans are going to be interesting. They're going to be good. The question is how good. Do they do they go into that upper echelon with the Chiefs and the Bills, or, or are they still just – like a decently good team. That's all like the great. shit I gave about Tannehill. I got to give him some credit now. I didn't think he would still be the quarterback, and I didn't think he would have improved. And he did both. So, yeah. uh, so until I, further I, notice, I, be good. You, I, I think the Titans are going to be good. You, Cole, you, you, me, and you had this pod while I was trashing Tannehill, jokingly. Like, how how long until this lasts? I was wrong, and I and 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 they got chemistry. It's working. What what Vrabel is doing down there with Derrick Henry is showing how a great running back can be utilized as a real contender because people can talk all the shit they want. The Titans were with a couple of plays away from getting that much closer to a Super Bowl last year. Plays. Plays. Yeah. A ball, you know, one or two balls going to different Go out and get a guy like Julio. So I, I think they're going to be a good team. The question is, how good are they going to be? I still think they're not better than the Chiefs. They might not be better than the Bills. We'll see. It dep- It really depends on that defense. I do think that offense is going to be really, really good. So mm-hmm. it depends on how improved the defense is. While, while we're while we're in the AFC South, and we haven't talked about uh, Trevor Lawrence at all in this pod, which is actually kind of surprising. Me and you aren't the biggest Trevor Lawrence fans, but kind of weird we haven't brought him up once in in the in this on this pod. So I don't think the Jags are going to be that much better this year. But then again, you didn't get Trevor Lawrence for this year. Football. Well, no, the Texans are. The Jags are going to be the second worst team in football this year. You think the second worst fo- team in football? Yes. Okay. Besides their own division mates in Houston. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, the, 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 I, uh, I guess the Colts are second by default because of the roster they have. They, because, you know, you can't deny I, results, right? The Colts are going to be a good team. I, I, if Carson Wentz is even decent, they're going to be, their roster is too good. They're going to be a good team. The, the Texans and the Jaguars are going to be fighting for worst team in football. And I, I hate, and I hate to see it to be him with Trevor Lawrence, but I really think Trevor Lawrence might be considered a bust five years from now. If he's on the Jaguars. Can you, can you let him play a game first? Oh, okay. Before, that. before we go, I'm, I'm going to save the East for last. Yeah. We'll do the East last. Urban Meyer. I don't understand why. Oh, not. here we go. <laughs> I try to get away from the Jags. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Urban Meyer, and I forgot the comparison. Oh, Cliff Kingsbury, right? So Cliff Kingsbury is a guy that never won in college, but he was a quarterback guru, which is why he got hired. And and it was very controversial. I'm like, yeah, we understand you're a quarterback guru, but you didn't even win in college. Why do you, what would make you think you're qualified to get a head coaching job in the NFL? Urban Meyer is the opposite. Urban Meyer is probably the second greatest college coach of his generation, right? He's got three rings. He won wherever he went. He, he's a great college coach. The one thing he is not is a quarterback guru. Tim Tebow is probably the best NFL quarterback he's ever had. And Tim Tebow really only lasted one season, if we're being honest, in terms of being a capable NFL quarterback. So what I'm saying is why he got hired to groom Trevor Lawrence made zero sense to me. Zero. 
Maybe they thought, well, Trevor Lawrence doesn't need grooming, so if he has a coach that can win, that's going to be good enough. That's not how the NFL works, especially nowadays. You need a guy that's going to groom your young quarterback and make him better. They have no offensive line. No that's defense. what I was going to say, man. They have no defense. They did not build a team. They have like, some weapons. They have some weapons on offense, but I just, I just don't see where the success is coming from. And I feel bad for a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who was hyped. He was supposed to be Peyton Manning. He was supposed to be John Elway. He was supposed to be Andrew Luck. He was supposed to be the next Hall of Fame quarterback, and he had the Hall of Fame hair already to prove it. And it's bad when I say when I think to, like, wow, he should have went to the Jets. He'd be in a bad, a better situation. You Damn. know, it's bad when I'm saying the Jets would have been a better situation. Zach Wilson is probably sitting there saying, "Thank God Trevor Lawrence was in this draft because I would much better be on the Jets." than the Jags. That's just how bad of an organization they are. And they look stupid. They find Tim Tebow as a tight end. Like Meyer has looked like a complete fool. He has. And I, and I, and I'll still defend uh, the NTN pick. I understood, you know, that made sense to me. Like everyone's like, Oh, oh, running back in the first round. It's not any, just any running back. It's a running back. He has chemistry with, and he can, and he do, you know, connect with, with passes. So at least I'll defend those two picks. I'm not defending the ETN pick only because they probably could have gotten him in the second round. And two, again, when you have that many holes, Get you don't need a running back. You know what I mean? Like get something better. You can always get a running back later. Um, and unfortunately, he got hurt, so we're not even gonna know this year. Yeah, that that's sucks, man. If that was a good idea, it, to me, it just didn't make sense. It's just nothing they did make sense. Obviously, you draft Trevor Lawrence because that's a no brainer. But nothing, nothing. I mean, nothing else they have done this offseason made sense. Nothing. And I feel bad. The only reason. I say he could be a bust, and you're right. I should slow my roll because he hasn't even played it down yet. I'll say this. The Jags are smart enough to fire Urban Meyer by the end of this year, then he might have a chance. But if the, but if they're foolish enough to give Urban Meyer two, three, four years there to, to make this work. If they're not the worst team in the league, I don't see how he gets fired. You know what I mean? Just being honest, like it's, it's the first year there, and this is coming from a, a – a, a Giants fan, so trust me, I, I have a short. They do what they're supposed to do, and they're the worst team in football. Urban Meyer might not get fired, which is why I'm saying I hope I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like Trevor Lawrence is going to be a bust because I don't see him winning in that environment. I just don't. All right, it has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with the environment that he is in. No, I agree because they had Saxonville a short couple minutes ago, and and that's a distant memory already. But you know, dog years in the NFL, out west. We'll, 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 go to, we'll stay in the AFC. Okay. We'll stay in the AFC. No bold prediction. I think the Chiefs are winning. So it's it's more about how is that going to stack out with the rest of the playoffs, right? Yeah. I think the Chiefs get the bye. Is it one bye still or two byes now because of the extra game? It's one bye? I'll, I'll say – well, I'll, I'll go ahead and finish. I'll say what I got to say. Go ahead. I think it's a make-or-break year for the Raiders. Not the Raiders, John Gruden. I think it's it's make-or-break for him and Carr. And, and it's not because Carr hasn't been good, but it, it, he's going to be the, the 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 West Coast version of Stafford if they don't if they don't start improving. He's just going to get hurt. He's just going to be shell-shocked, you know what I mean? So I, I don't see how the AFC West's can shape out any differently than the Chiefs and the Raiders fighting for that top spot, at least right now, 
Well, the West is weird because it's a weird division where obviously there's a chief, but every other team is like, you know what? They could be good. They could be awful. Well, the Chargers could be good. The Chargers could be really good. Yeah, the Chargers could be could be really good. But Denver, I'm saying Denver the quarter. I truly believe I, I Denver was my super pick last year. Boy, was I wrong because I thought Drew Locke was going to take a step up. Denver really is a quarterback away from being a really good football team. They got weapons. They got the defense still. They need. They just need a. They need to freaking find a quarterback. I don't know. Why. Time to bring back Tebow mania. Right, I don't know why they haven't found a quarterback. But if Teddy Bridgewater is any good, they could be a playoff team. I mean, the West is weird. And the Raiders, like you said, they're a weird team, too. Uh, I don't think John Green gets fired this year. because it's only- I think the Raiders should be better than the Broncos, though. They could. They should be. But remember, I think this will be, what, only year four, maybe year five of the 10-year contract? So do you quit halfway through? I mean, my thing is you gave him a 10-year contract. I forgot it was 10 years. I'm not even going to front. Oh, my God. A 10-year contract for a reason, and, and money's guaranteed with coaches, right? As as ironic as that is in the NFL where no ga- contracts are guaranteed for coaches, it is. So you gave him 10 years. You have to at least see this six years in, to me, for it to make sense. You got to at least get the majority of the contract through before you say, I'm not working with this team anymore. So now it's do you get rid of Mike Mayock? Do you get rid of uh, uh, Carr? It depends on how well Carr plays. If Carr plays well to the point where you say, well, it's obviously not him, then it's probably going to be Mike Mayock. If they make the playoffs but don't win anything, they, they might not do anything. Everybody comes back and we do this all over again next year. It just depends on how they play. I don't think realistically they're looking for a Super Bowl. At least I hope not. That doesn't make any sense. The that's Raiders? Not, that's not a Super I Bowl. Think, I think realistically, uh, well, you know. That defense sucks. There's no, no way. No, yeah, to the, point, to the point of everybody's looking for a Super Bowl. I don't think it's realistic to expect that John Gruden isn't trying to win a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll no, give no, no, no. I, I guess my point is if you're, if you're the upper management, if you're, if you're Davis and the rest of whoever makes those decisions, if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, I don't think you can say, "Oh, that's it. We got a clean house." It's like, no. Did you really? Oh, no, yeah. Did you really expect to win a Super Bowl this year? I don't think so. Especially in the same division as the Chiefs. Come on, stop. Well, I think the the Vegas Raiders the should Vegas expect Raiders to make the playoffs. Should, right. They should be looking to make the playoffs. Maybe win a game. Right. That should be your ceiling. Now, if they don't make the playoffs, that's when you make decisions. Like, yo, we're not even good enough to make the playoffs. How do we improve? How do we improve this football team? And even though everybody's going to say John Gruden, realistically, money-wise, I don't think that makes sense to get rid of Gruden yet because it's not even five years into his 10-year deal, which is why it didn't make any sense to give him a 10-year deal. But I guess that was the only way you were going to get him out of the, out of the broadcasting booth. So you have to see this, to me, at least seven years in. I said six before, but the more I think about it, if you're going to get your money worth, you got to stick with him for seven years. No, I and I'm, I'm we're pretty much in agreement on on the AFC West. It goes through the Chiefs and the Raiders should be the clear second in that division, and also a playoff team, which I think is work is working out at least how we're we're predicting these these divisions right now. I don't think we've said more playoff teams than there are, so that that actually works out. Um, as far as the NFC West is concerned, now this is interesting. I said the Rams make the Super Bowl. I want to say with this caveat, the West looks crazy. Like there, there's there's a scenario where the Seahawks are the third in that division, and it's actually between the Rams and the Cardinals for the top of that division. That's my bold prediction. I think that it's, it's the Cardinals that are the ones that are going to take the step in that division because 
I like what I've seen from Kyler Murray. He's got all the weapons in the world. Like you brought up Cliff, Cliff Kingberry before we got here. And that was for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. So they have Hopkins. They like they, had, they just picked up AJ Green. Yeah, he's old as all hell, but he don't have to be the main target anymore. I think the Cardinals in any other division, I would expect them to win it. In this division, I don't realistically they're the third best team at best, and that's saying and that's if Seattle doesn't improve. I don't think they're better than a healthy 49ers team. They're not. They're definitely not better than a healthy Rams team. And that's the that's the question. Can they get all four teams in, right? Because I already said the Panthers are making the playoffs. That was with the caveat of only two teams get in from the oh, – I'm sorry, three teams get in from the West, and the Panthers beat out the Vikings for that last spot in, in the, in the uh, playoffs for the wild card spot. But if all four teams get in, which is fairly possible, then that's it for whoever else wants to get in. I have more faith in the Cardinals making the playoffs this year, at least the beginning of the season with with health, you know, withstanding, than the Panthers doing it. Mind you, I'm not even trying to hate on the Niners here. I'm, I'm trying to do my bold prediction, and the Niners are one of those teams that I don't expect to suck. They shouldn't suck. They should be really good. Yeah, like it, it's it's weird. It's it, it, they're in a, such a weird spot because if they suck, I think it's injuries. Like in my own imagination, like last year. Yeah, like I don't think I don't think it's because of coaching. I don't think it's because of the roster. They're one of those teams that everybody thinks uh, running backs are a dime a dozen because of what they did with with their core of running backs. So the Seahawks to me could be weird. Like the Seahawks are always in, like, and that's just the brilliance of Russell Wilson. But eventually, you figure that's gonna that luck is gonna run out, right? That and it hasn't. So you know what I mean, like that defense can't continue to be mediocre, and Russell Wilson can't keep running for his life and then just throwing it up to DK Metcalf and that be your offense. So if the Seahawks don't improve, I can see that being the year where you know because if Russell Wilson doesn't have MVP caliber seasons every year, they don't make the playoffs. I really know mm-hmm. this roster is not that good. So, you know, it's, it's literally Russell Wilson and maybe you could say Pete Carroll. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks are the fourth in that division. But like I said, that still means that they might make the playoffs. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's such a, that's such interesting. I'm just I, I don't think four teams make it out the West because in that scenario, if they're all playoff-worthy teams, they're probably eating each other and they're all going to be just over 500. Well, I, I think the Rams – and or the 49ers win 12 plus games. So then it's a matter of what, you know, do the Seahawks win 10 and the, and the Cardinals win nine? You know what I mean? It, 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 it you know, they're not all going to be around the same uh, win loss record. It's going to be, it's going to be varied. But like I said, it's whatever that fourth team does. If that fourth team, it might be a tiebreaker, right? It, like, like I said, the Panthers, right? It could be that the Panthers beat the Cardinals this year. Right. It could come down to that. So um, and, and or the Vikings this year, it could come down to stuff like that. Um, but this division, it's the best division of football, bar none, without question. And and they legit probably have three teams make the playoffs, maybe even four. So um, I, I, I think it, I think it's more likely it's two. But that that's also has to do with the NFC East and the NFC North. 
and I guess you could throw the South in. I just don't think the South it's a deep. coming out of the AFC, NFC East. No, not two teams. I think it's. Uh, I think it uh, depends on everything. Like if two, there's two teams in the East that that just take a step in our two, one game above 500 because there's no more 500, which just kind of annoys me as a fan. So like I think what I just said about the West, you think there's going to be two teams with over 12 wins. I don't know if that's the case. So, so a lot of this playoff, I think when it comes to the wild card, there's going to be a lot of 10 and nine win teams. That's what I think. I'm not trying yeah, to say that two is coming out. That's usually, how that, that's usually how that is, that, how that works, but that's what I'm saying. That could be the Vikings. That could be the bears. That could be the Panthers. That can be, I don't see the Panthers having 10 wins. That's my point. Nine. I said nine. That'd be great season. So, you know, shout out to Matt Rule if that happens. And also, I think Jet fans would be hella pissed off if they get nine wins and the Jets don't have nine wins. But before we go to the AFC East, I, I want to keep it fair because I've been kind of keeping it the conference while I jumped to the division. So the, the NFC East, the NFC least, my, where my team is, go Giants. I'd be lying if I said anything with conviction right now in any way, pro-Giant, anti-Giant, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know. I'm, that's how I feel. That's how I'd have my family's Cowboys fans. We all kind of feel like, I just don't want to suck. That's kind of the, the entire mantra of the NFC East right now is, can we please just not suck anymore? The Washington team, they have probably the best defensive line. Well, they have Chase Young. That's what they have. But they have one of the best defensive lines in football. If they were to pick up a Cam Newton or just make get a better quarterback than Fitz Magic, I think it would be their division. Well, so I was being honest. Without question. With that being said, they haven't. I think that the Giants have a chance at getting to the division because we were one game from getting it last year, fucking Eagles. And I think if things click, like not even click-click, if things just go the right way, if Evan Ingram doesn't keep dropping balls, if, if Galladay lives up to halfway to, to, to the money he's getting paid, the Giants can win the division. And, and, and everything I just said applies to the Cowboys too because health, Dak's back. They have good a good offense. You know I like to troll the Giants, but I'm, I'm going to be fair here. And Max Kellerman said this, and I totally agree. What works for the Giants is – they might not be the best at anything, but they have the second best defense in the division and probably the second best offense in the division. So they're probably the most balanced team of all four teams in the division, and you hope that's what gets you there. Because again, Washington's defense is great, but with best fifth, defense, yeah, in the division, in the division. right in the division. But with fifth, and, and honestly, Washington defense is so good, it, it's probably a top five uh, defense of football. Period. But with with Fitz Magic, you don't really know what that offense is going to be, right? With the Cowboys, we know they're going to be a top 10, maybe even the top five offense in all of football, but their defense is horrible. The Giants, they don't have maybe a top five defense or, or a top five offense, but they probably clearly have the second best defense in the, in the division, and they probably clearly have the second best offense in the division. So you're hoping that balance is what wins you games. We have the Giants have zero offensive line. I know I sound like a broken record. No, but, but I was just about to get to that. The problem is that offensive. Line. No, the offensive line is abysmal. But but if if we want to look at the upsides of all the teams like we've been doing, the Giants have the the roster to be the best team in the East. Not saying that's like a big accomplishment, but as far as offense goes, if Daniel Jones takes a step up, not the, that's some elite step, literally one step up where he wraps the, he gets the turnovers in control and he doesn't turn the ball over. He can be 
at the same level Dak Prescott is with a be- equal or better than offense. Because I like the wide receivers the Cowboys got. Zeke, I think Zeke and Barkley, health, you know, permitting, that's a that cancels out. What do you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a Giants fan. Of course, I'm going to take Barkley. The Cowboy fans are going to take Zeke. But I think the mutual respect in the division is that's a wash. That's just a cool rivalry we have now with two great running backs. So take that aside. Is Kenny Galladay going to live up to expectations? Why the hell is Evan Ingram still on the roster if he's going to keep dropping passes? We picked up Kyle Rudolph. Let's just solidify that two tight end type of play style that Joe Judge kind of runs that faux New England light, you know, Patriots light type of offense. So if everything hits right, the Giants should be the best team, but nothing ever goes right like that. So I don't know. Giants or Cowboys are the realistic, you know, picks in the East that just based off the rosters, mostly because the Washington football team wasn't competent enough to get a better starting quarterback. And thank God they weren't, but it's still young and there are free agent quarterbacks as we alluded to. So God forbid they find the right guy because that's what that defense needs. But then again, it is the Washington football team and they never get it right. Right. And maybe we should talk about the names too, if we have time, but um, yeah, the giants are interesting because they have a decent receiving core obviously Saquon when healthy might be the best running back in football um it's just about man that offensive line is trash really the question mark. trash not a question no and, no no and here's, and here's the sad thing right if di- we're we're putting this on Daniel Jones too right the sad thing is and again that's what that's what I'm saying with Trevor Lawrence so we're not gonna know we're really not gonna know unless he just steps up to the point where it's like yo okay we're really not gonna know because at the end of the day, he's still young. At the end of the day, he's going to make mistakes. And at the end of the day, when you're constantly running for your life, like that's that's hard to tell if you're a good quarterback or not. If anybody's played like blitz ball like in the backyard where everybody's just blitzing every time and you're running for your life, trust me, not all of all of a sudden we all look like Jay Cutler. You know what I mean? Oh, seven Mississippi would be so great for the for the Giants right now. Right, exactly. The, the only reason that I even feel somewhat confident in my offensive line is because I saw how the Jags looked. <laughs> like <laughs> that's the only reason I'm, I'm even somewhat confident. Like, so, hey, hey, we're not that bad. But, but you, you know how bad it is when I'm a Giants fan and I see the Jags and I'm like, well, oh, well, the Bears offensive line, it's like, oh my God. No, I don't feel bad for the Bears. Fuck them. <laughs> but, but it's it's that that's the problem. With that offensive line is so bad. And that and that's what I'm saying. Like we went to Steelers, it's like, oh my god, offensive. I'm like, bro, like they're not terrible, they're just not great. Oh, yeah. The, the Giants are so bad that uh Andrew Thomas got benched after uh COVID after he got COVID last season and didn't get his job back and he was competing at left tackle this preseason with two guys that aren't on the roster. Yeah. And that, that, that that's telling. And and then Hernandez, and the one was- the one that we kind of felt good at at left guard has been competing with a guy that shouldn't even be playing left guard. Yeah. I mean, we I have know. no faith in our offensive line. That's from the moves they've made. So, right. and the snap about that, about that was especially the Andrew Thomas thing is 
Y'all got the first offensive lineman in that draft, right? You got him at four. That, that was a guy. You, you don't got to keep stabbing me, man. I'm, I already said the offensive line is bad. Like, let's well, go to the AFC East. But, but, that, but that's but that's why, I was, you know, we talked in pause before about wasted picks. That's a wasted pick. Oh, right? I know. Thank you, sir. Thank that's you. That's we also picked Eric Flowers before Todd Gurley, if you just want to keep bringing up terrible offensive line picks that my team has done in my lifetime. <laughs> The AFC East. Yeah, let's move on. So, so Bills Mafia. They run it. But like I don't even I don't even know how much I need to say here. I think the Bills are running away with the AFC East this year. They should. Their defense should take a step back up because they took a step down and it was still their division. Um I think second second place, it you know, I, here's where I should say it should was- be the Pats. But in all honesty, I think it should be between the Dolphins and the Jets competing for second place in that division. Yeah, let's slow our roll. The Jets are going to be in last place. Let's let's slow our roll. I, listen, listen. I love Bill Belichick as a coach. He's one of the. I think he's the goat. I think he's the greatest uh, coach that I've got the pleasure of watching the uh, coach in my lifetime for as long as I have. He was a defensive coordinator for my Giants. He was he was he was, he's, he's had an impact on the game of football like no other. But with that being said, he is proven to not be that good at being a general manager. And I just don't see that roster. And this is after me and you did the draft. Neither of us are are Dolphins fans. You know I don't come out here talking about how hyped I am for Dolphins games. But if I'm going to say they made a bunch of good moves and I'm giving every young quarterback the benefit of the doubt and being positive with my predictions, I've done it with every division, that they're going to take a step up. I've done that with every young rookie, sophomore quarterback. Tua can't be much worse than he was. <laughs> like, I'm saying, no, but you said the Jets. I'm saying the Jets are going to be in last place. I, I think the Pats are. I, the Pats should be in last place. No, like Mac Jones. That deep. Remember that defense is going to get a lot better. They got nine guys that sat out last year. They did get the two tight ends, Hunter Henry, Gunnar Smith. Those were great pickups. Receiver-wise, they're still not great. If Nelson Aguilar is your best receiver, you still don't have outside weapons. But mm-hmm. Matt Jones, <laughs> but Matt Jones is going to be a decent quarterback. They have an offensive line. That defense is going to win them games. Remember, they were two plays away from being nine and seven last year. So this isn't a bad football team. This is a team that's going to win games because they are the Patriots. The Jets are going to be better. I think the Jets are going to be the team you think the Steelers are going to be. Everyone's going to be thinking, oh, same old Jets, and they're going to get a bunch of wins. That's what the Jets do. That's how the Jets just get, have these random 10-win seasons. The Jets are not – you think they're just going 10 games? No, 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 no. I'm saying that's how in the history of the last 20 the years. The Jets will win five games, and that's going to be great because that's better than what they've done the last two seasons combined. Wait, so wait. Just to be clear, what do you think the second team in the AFC East wins are going to be? I think the Pats can win nine to ten games. Like I said, they were, they were almost nine and seven last year, and they have a better roster this year. I think they can win nine to ten. So games. they'd be nine and eight this year if they had nine wins. Right. Okay. I think they can win nine to ten games. I think that's I think, definitely possible. I think the Dolphins can win nine to ten games. I, there's no way in hell they just win nine. Okay. So, but I'm, I, I guess I'm putting the Dolphins at nine and eight. I'm putting the 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 Pats. At seven and nine, then, or the Jets oh, at seven and nine, sure. and then the Pats could be seven and nine too. It doesn't really matter if you're third or fourth in the AFC East. You're not making the playoffs, and no one cares. I just don't. I, I'm, I'm giving the Jets the benefit Jets of the doubt. Seven games. There's no way the Jets are winning seven games. If they win six, I would be surprised. 
I, I, I bet you some barbecue. Yeah, the, the Jets won seven games. Why the only reason why I'm giving them six is because they have a last place schedule. I think it's crazy because when I said what I said just now, I thought you would be like, have you, were, were you in Miami? Were, were you smoking on some Miami good? Because why do you have Miami so high? And you're over here just like, how dare you give the Jets any respect? There's no way the Jets are winning seven games. There's no way. Uh, I mean, it's the AFC. Uh, there's the AFC. no way. Where are the seven wins coming from? I don't know. I didn't look at their schedule. This is just... That's what I'm saying. Dude, this is off rainbows and dreams right now. Yeah, that's what, no, they're not winning seven games. That I mean, Jets fans would be flipping. I didn't think the Giants were winning seven games last year. Did you win seven games? You won six. Exactly. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. That's what <laughs> and you guys are a better team than the Jets. I thought the, I thought the Giants were going to win, two, what did I say, two games maybe? If we're lucky, I remember you were very negative last year. Like, if we win three games, we'll be happy. And I, we won double the three games. So I'm the just Jets, saying the Jets could be that team this year and win uh, and win six or seven games. The Jets do not have seven wins on their schedule. They just don't. If Tua sucks, the Dolphins will win seven games. If he's decent, they'll win nine. I just think the Pats will win one more, win ten, and, and be second place in that division. I th- the it's the Bills' division to lose. This is the Bills division to lose. The Bills are a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, of course. Like, there's people I know. The, I mean, the, the question is, is Tua going to be replaced next year? That's the question. I this is I don't know. Is this the make or break year for Tua? He wasn't good last year, but, like, if he takes a step up and he's better than he was but still not what you want him to be, do you move on that fast? I think they do because I think they're looking at their roster and they're saying we are a quarterback away from really being a contender. Um, so then why'd you let Fitz Magic walk? Because she's not a quarterback. When I say a quarterback, I mean an elite. There's rumors that they're still trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. So that just tells you, so you know, that right there tells me like, yo, they're not, they don't like what they see into it. If they're still, if they're still talking to Houston, like, yo, man, like what's going on with Deshaun Watson when everybody else is kind of like, mm, that's, that tells you right there. And, and obviously, Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback, but with everything going on off the field, why are you even risking the draft picks that it would take to trade for this guy? Well, I mean, the birds out in Philly are still rumored to be talking up to the Texans, too. So, but, but, but that's, like, but that's, 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 the, that's the game of the NFL. He is that high of a talent, even with but, all but, the. But, that, but again, I also tells, that tells you what you think, what they think about Jalen Hurts. So there, there was a question of who has more pressure, and the question was easily. I said, the, and they said between Tua and uh, Hurts. I said Hurts because Hurts is, is easily replaceable. I think the, the Eagles are going to be one of the worst teams in the football. I think they're going to be last in that division. I think they probably are going to have a top five pick. Remember, they had the six pick last year before they traded before they traded down. Imagine Hurts. Yeah, like the, the Eagles suck. They they move on from Hurts, but Hurts then Hurts ends up replacing Tua in Miami or something. Yeah, like I'm, you know, I I think, I think Hurts is is more easily replaced than Tua, because I think the Dolphins, like I said, they'll win at least seven games if he sucks. If he's good, they'll win nine, maybe ten. So the Dolphins are going to be good. The Eagles could literally win four games again and be the third pick in the draft. In which case, Hurts is now very replaceable in terms of you know just drafting your next guy. So to me, there's more pressure on Hurts than Tua. Because Tua is probably gonna have to get traded for them to replace him. They're not gonna just draft a. 
I don't think they're going to be in a position to draft a guy that might be better than him. But then again, you know, there's five guys in this draft who could be first. There's five guys in every draft. There's There's this many guys in every draft, too. There's there's five guys, so who knows? All right. I think we've touched on everything we kind of wanted to touch on for now. This was a good season preview. Feels good to be back recording, doing dope blog shit. Tell them where they can find you, Brett. They can find me at Never For Brett Me. That's N-E-V-A underscore the number four, B-R-E-T-T underscore M-E on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm at not the Chuck D on all the socials. We are at the underscore dope blog on Instagram at the dope blog on Twitter and fuck Facebook. <laughs> Beef never dies. Um, and at www.thedope.blog, which I will be writing new dope blogs sooner than later. I've been lazy, but I actually got to uh, attend a Lloyd Banks concert in our off season. And I'm going to write a discussing the excellence of Lloyd Banks because a lot of hip hop stuff has happened, but we'll talk about that on a dope radio or something. And Charles well, doesn't know this, folks. Some more surprises are coming to the channel. He just doesn't know it yet. So I don't like when you have a bad habit of telling me with everyone else of, of all the surprises that you do. And then it's a we thing. I'm keeping all this in, by the way. Every single oh, time I, I see I see the recording button thing is still on. Yeah. Every single time he does this. He'll make an announcement. We are doing this. And that's when I learn what we are doing. And then if it doesn't work out, he's like, well, I guess we shouldn't have done it. It wasn't a week. <laughs> he he shook knights me. I'm Dre. He shook night. He just walks in like, this is what we're doing for business now. Because he that's how executive producers be. They don't care about the talent. They don't care. <laughs> Listen, I'm like the SEC, bro. Let's bring in the money. We'll figure the rest out later. There's money? Peace, bro. Deuces. I'm ill. 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 I